What's up, everybody? Jeffrey Delappy here on the Sports Kid Podcast, and today I'm going to be going through my Week 18 NFL predictions. Wow. We are already in the very last week of the NFL season. Honestly, it kind of flew by. A lot happened this year. Injuries, especially to the quarterback. Kind of some surprise teams that are still hanging around there, like the Colts, the Texans, some may even argue the Steelers. On the NFC side, people like uh, teams like the Rams and the Saints, the Buccaneers. So you have your surprise stories, you have your unfortunate stories. A lot happens throughout the course of the NFL season, and it all boils down to this one week that will determine many teams' fates. There's a lot of teams still alive, a lot of scenarios to break down, and we are going to dive deep into that on the podcast today. But before we get into all of that crazy Week 18 stuff... Let's take a moment to appreciate Week 17, because there were some good games. So let's talk about my top three from last week. Starting out at the number three spot, I have put, put the uh, Steelers beating the Seahawks by a score of 30-23. to 23. Did not get this game correct. Um, I really thought that the Seahawks were the pick going into this game. They were at home. They had just beaten the Eagles not too long ago. But you know what I've learned? You don't bet against Rudolph such a Christmassy name. It really couldn't have been more perfect. His uh, venture to being a starting quarterback again in the NFL for this brief period of time. Over his two games, he has 567 passing yards, two touchdowns, and has yet to throw an interception. He's the reason that the Steelers are alive here. They went and lost to the Colts on a Saturday primetime game, and I think that their playoff percentages were bordering the single-digit percentages, but Rudolph... In these last two games against contenders in the Bengals and Seahawks, has revived their season. He has them at 9-7, and seven, and now they're in a position where if they win, in addition to a Bills or Jaguars loss, one of those two, they're going to be a playoff team. And honestly, he's kind of saved Mike Tomlin's bacon in the process. He's, again, like I said, the reason that they've won these last two games, the reason that the winning, the, the um, 20-year streak of winning seasons has continued for the Steelers. And now Mike Tomlin has his job. The Steelers can make the playoffs. So many good things have come from Mason Rudolph rejoining this team. And it was a huge win last week against the Seahawks to keep their playoff hopes alive. Now at the number two spot, I kind of have the opposite story where one team is kind of crushing a team's playoff hopes. Not to the point of elimination, but I mean seeding-wise. I'm of course talking about the shocking result of the week of the Cardinals beating the Eagles 35-31. to Got this one wrong, obviously, with 99% of America. How in the world did the league's dead-last-ranked defense and an offense that really has no weapons beat this Philadelphia Eagles team on the road? I'm still racking my brain. And so I was able to pull the passing yards from Jalen Hurts, 167 passing yards total. I just thought I'd throw that out there. It's not enough against the league's worst defense. If he's doing that against the league's worst defense, I am severely concerned for whatever defense he plays in the playoffs, what he's going to do against them. Number two, the Eagles defense, man oh man. They allowed 29 second half points. Did a great job holding them to zero touchdowns and two field goals in the first half. Cardinals had put six points up on the board at the stroke of halftime. But by game's end, it was up to a staggering 35 
I don't know what's up with the Eagles defense. We were at least advertised a very even-keeled Eagles team, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, but that's kind of changed. The Eagles have given up 70 points the last two weeks to a 5-win team in the Giants. They gave up 35 to a 4-win team in the Cardinals. They gave up also 35, so I don't know what's going on here. But the Eagles really need to get their stuff together. They do have a small chance at winning the NFC East. It would take a win and a Cowboys loss. But they really are they got in their own way against a team that had nothing to play for, and it could cost them a back-to-back divisional championship. Now moving along to the number one game of the incredible Week 17. Took place on Saturday night. It was the 20-19 victory of the Cowboys over the Lions. I want to start out by saying I got this one right. Got this one right. I got a primetime game right. Should I have, though? Maybe not. First of all, I want to give credit where credit is due. CeeDee Lamb had the game of his life. He had 13 catches, 227 receiving yards, and a touchdown. That deserves a round of applause right there. But you cannot say that the Cowboys deserve to win this game necessarily. Because the Lions and Dan Campbell marched down the field after some questionable play calling by the Cowboys that kind of preserved more time than they really should have. They were passing the ball when they should have been running it and milking clock. Gave the Lions a chance to go and score a touchdown, and they did. And after the six points by the touchdown, because the, the uh, Lions were down seven, made it a 20-19 to game. So the Lions could have kicked for one and played for overtime, but Dan Campbell's like, nah, I do not play for overtime. I'm not playing for a tie. I'm playing to win this game. There was only like 30 seconds left. So he goes for two. They line up at the two-yard line. After a timeout, mind you, so there's plenty of time for everyone to get their heads screwed on. And I guarantee you that this play was set up with the correct person reporting. So what happens is number 68 and number 70 go up to the ref to report. Number 68 reports as eligible. And that is, of course, um, got the names a little mixed up here. Number 68 is Tyler Decker. Dan Skipper is number 70. Now, they're both around the referee because, you know, you want to be a little inconspicuous. You don't want to give away this one offensive lineman as he was reporting. So then the referee, as number 68 is jogging back to line of scrimmage, he takes a look back. I slowed it down and watched this on replay. In that vicinity, and he sees number 70. So he tells the Cowboys defense, number 70 has reported eligible. Now, they go and run the play. Number 68 catches what would be the go-ahead two-point conversion. But there's a, a late flag, a very late flag after deliberation. And they they take it away. This is seriously one of the worst and most aggravating plays I've ever seen as a football fan. Probably some that I've taken more close to heart as a Jets fan, but this is a catastrophe. And this really could cost the Lions. Yes, the Lions did have two more chances to get a two-point conversion, but that's not the point. The referees royally screwed the Lions here, and they've essentially eliminated a real possibility of them gaining the number two seed. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous that people that are paid to call this sport in a setting where there was a timeout control, he had time to calmly look back and make sure with that brain of his, hey, I am getting the number correct. I am telling the defense the right number. He told them the wrong number. 
later this week in interviews, um, Dan Skipper, number 70, the guy who the referee thought reported eligible really did not, told multiple sources, including right after that game, that he did not report eligible. And one thing about NFL players is, in a scenario like this, a Dan Campbell-led team, I think that they would be accountable. And you know, above all, Dan Campbell would know which guy he told to report eligible. And you know that on a timeout, a coach that has been as successful in turning this team around is Dan Campbell. There's no way that the Lions got this wrong. This is on the refs. And in the end, the Cowboys eke out the win that they probably didn't deserve. But what are you going to do? You can't change can't change bad refing. When they make the call, the call is there to stand in stone. And like I said, the Lions are almost definitely going to wind up in the third seed. And the Cowboys, thanks to this gifted win and an Eagles loss, are in prime position to win the NFC East and claim the two seed. And on that controversial... Note, we will enter week 18, the most exciting of all weeks, where every single team's fate will be decided. Whether it's draft position, playoff position, winning a division, it's going to be decided and set. We're going to talk about it, starting with the first meeting on Saturday at 4.30, the Steelers at the Ravens. In this meeting, I'm taking the Steelers. For me, it comes down to this logic. Back when both teams were healthy, both teams were in regular season mode, the Steelers won. And this is the number one team in football, the number one seed in the AFC with 13 wins and three losses. If they are one of the few teams that has beaten this team when they were um, putting their guys out there in full, now that they're resting Lamar Jackson and resting other starters, I'm sure, as this game goes on, I have full confidence that with the playoffs on the line, Mike Tomlin's going to go into Baltimore and get the job done. Another reason why I believe this is obviously Mason Rudolph. Like I mentioned before, has resurrected this team. He, in his two starts, has led to the Steelers scoring 30 points and to the Steelers scoring 34 points. They hadn't scored 30-plus points all season until uh, one Mason Rudolph came to the scene and he is going to keep the Steelers' hopes alive. The exact scenario the Steelers need to make the playoffs is obviously uh, a win, plus one of the uh, the following. Either the Bills lose or the Jaguars lose. If the Steelers win and either the Bills or Jaguars lose, they have a date in the postseason. They also technically could lose the Steelers, fall to 9-8, and eight, and still make it in, if the Colts and Texans don't tie and the Jaguars lose and the Broncos win on top of that. So a Broncos win, Jaguars loss, no tie in the Colts-Texans would get them in with a loss. So there's definitely options there for them, but you know that they would love to make it easier on themselves and get the win. Now moving on to the second game of Saturday, the primetime night game, the Texans at the Colts. This is going to decide a whole lot for not only them, but also their division foe, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bottom line, the first thing you need to know, the winner of this game is getting in a playoff spot. It could be a wild card spot. It could be a or an AFC South um, first place spot. It could be either one. Now, if I have to pick a winner here, I am leaning with the Houston Texans. And it boils down to two players. C.J. Stroud and his favorite target, Nico Collins. Now, C.J. Stroud 
has done an excellent job leading this team. Sure bet for Rookie of the Year, whether they lose or win this game. I think they win, but he has just been dynamite. To lead this team to a winning record after years and years of suffering in the post-Deshaun Watson era, he deserves an award. Now, as for the Colts, Gardner Minshew, I've been saying it for years. He can be a starter of teams, and he's done all right. He's done a, an excellent job taking what was expected to be, to many, a bottom five record team this year. They're competing for playoff spot two. So these are two great coaches, two great quarterbacks, etc. Two great teams that are having great years. But the Texans and Nico Collins, who has over 1,000 receiving yards, got to give him the edge. So... I have the Texans winning, which would put them in at least a wild card spot. If the Jaguars do fall on Sunday, the Texans would claim the entire division. As for the Colts, sadly, with this loss, it'll take them completely out of playoff contention and end their season right then and right there. So give me the Texans to come out on top in this crucial meeting. Now we're taking a look into the Sunday slate. First treat for us is an AFC South battle, the Jaguars at the Titans. Jaguars got it done in the first meeting. Guess what? The Jaguars are going to get it done again in the second meeting. The biggest question, and kind of only question here, is Trevor Lawrence. He didn't play last week. Gabbert got the start, I believe, and they beat the Panthers 26 to nothing. So they're coming off a pretty victorious feeling that defense... Uh, it was dealt a tough task, I thought, because they were coming off. Uh, this game was coming off Bryce Young's best performance of his young career, and the defense balled out. Backup QB did nicely, and they're in prime position here to beat a team that is fighting for nothing but draft position. And for the Jaguars, it's a lot more simple than the Texans and Colts. Jaguars win, they win the division for the second straight year. That's what's going on in my book. Give the Jaguars the W on the road. Now moving on to an NFC North battle, the Vikings at the Lions. It could have been a lot more interesting if the Vikings won last Sunday night, but they did not. And first, I need to do a dive into last Sunday night's game, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't know what you did spending your last hours of 2023. By the way, I want to take this opportunity to wish all of my viewers and listeners a very happy 2024. I hope you guys are having a great start to your new year. But the end to my 2023 and the end to 2023 for Vikings fans was maddening. And I think that the mistake right there is starting Jaron Hall. Someone explain to me how in the most important game of the season that is going to determine your playoff future could they start a QB that hasn't even played one complete game? How could they do it? You had Josh Dobbs, who I know had a couple bad games. He was an option. You had Nick Mullins, who was coming off a 400 passing yard games. Granted, some turnovers, but he can sling the ball, that's for sure. Instead, they go for Jaron Hall, blows up in their face. His stats in one half only threw the ball 10 times. 10 times when the Packers are thin on the corner position. No Alexander a corner. And he targeted JJ, what, two times, three times? Horrible. 67 total passing yards, zero touchdowns, and a costly and ridiculous interception. The Vikings and Jaron Hall probably cost them the season in this game. As for the Lions, we already talked about this in Foodle down in Dallas. Should have gotten the two points, 
Would have been interesting to see if the defense of the Lions could hold Dallas on the ensuing drive. Bottom line is they should have had two extra points and been given the opportunity to defend a lead. Didn't have that opportunity, and now the scenario for them is probably going to be a three-seed. And, and as for a winner in this game, I am going to pick the Detroit Lions. I think that they're going to be extra motivated after that dreadful referee outing down in Dallas. They're going to want to go into the playoffs with a win in the in their column. Vikings, I think they're dead inside after that horrible loss. The one they needed to win was against the Packers. Yes, the Vikings have a 3% chance of the playoffs. I'll tell you right now. If the Vikings win, they would also need the Packers to lose to the Bears, the Seahawks to lose to the four-win Arizona Cardinals, and a loss from either the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the New Orleans Saints. It's a long list. It's possible. Experts give them a 3% chance. I don't think that they're going to win this game. I don't think that they're going to make it. As for the Lions, they will be the three-seed in the NFC playoffs, unless both the Cowboys and Eagles have catastrophic losses. If that happens and the Lions win... They magically regain the two seed, but that would take a lot of, you know, outside work. I think the Lions will win, but it'll only be good enough to warrant them a three seed, so that's who I'm taking in that one. After that, the playoff implications remain large. It's the Falcons, it's the Saints, in New Orleans at the Superdome. Let's break it down. First and foremost, the Saints are winning this game. I am so confident in this match. This is my lock of the week. You know, some people do that. This is my lock. Because the Falcons, similarly to the Vikings, had their chance last week in a winnable game. And they screwed it up. I thought that Taylor Heineke was the winning QB. The best option in Atlanta. And now I'm doubting myself. This is his line from the game in Chicago. 10 for 29. 163 yards, touchdown, three interceptions. Three. I am guaranteeing you that Arthur Smith stressed to Heineke before this game, just don't take risks. We have Bijan Robinson. We have Tyler Algier, one of the best one-two combos when it comes to running backs. And instead, he tries 29 passes with Heineke. Three of them get picked off by the team that leads the NFL enforcing interceptions, which is the Chicago Bears. And the Falcons shot themselves in the foot. Despite all that, if they do win and the Buccaneers lose, they will win the division. I don't think either is going to go their way. The Saints are at home. The Saints are going to win pretty easily. But the thing that's up in the air is the Saints' playoff hopes, because they do not control their own destiny. It is mostly in the hands of the Buccaneers, because the thing that the Saints are going to want to do, they're 8-8, the Buccaneers are 8-8. The Buccaneers do have the tiebreaker, so for the Saints to get this division, they need to jump a full game ahead of Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay is playing the 2-14 and 14 Carolina Panthers, worst team in the league. So the Saints would need the Panthers to pull up the upset of the year. And they would also have to, of course, take care of their own business. And that would get them the NFC South crown and would see them hosting a playoff game. As for the wildcard hopes... The Saints can still make a wildcard spot. It would take a win and a Packers and Seahawks loss. Both are possible, but not probable. I think that the Saints will win. But ultimately, in my mind, they're going to fall short of their playoff desires. 
Now moving in on to the sixth game of this final week of our NFL season. Look who it is, the good old New York Jets going to New England, something they do every year. I'm going to put it plain, I'm going to put it simple. The Patriots are winning this game. I, don't, I mean, it's the most painful streak that any of my sports teams have to endure. Since I've been a committed fan to this team, the Jets have beaten the Patriots exactly zero times. And they've had 15 chances to do so. They've lost them all. Lost our last 15 in a row. I think it's going to increase to 16 in a row because of one man, and that man's name is Bill Belichick. And this is likely going to be his final game coaching in New England. All signs point that he is going to want out. The organization thinks it's time to move on. And I just think that he's going to take his talents elsewhere, you know. After the Tom Brady era, it's clear that he cannot find the winning recipe with his team. He's not drafting the right guys defensively. Maybe so, but offensively, he's struck out a quarterback. He's struck out at wide receiver. He has no weapons for Zappi. And despite that, the one thing that they do better than anybody, and the one thing that Bill Belichick has been successful in, despite Tom Brady not being there, is beating the Jets. He's going to do that. The Jets also, and so do the Patriots, they both have a rooting interest in the draft. If it ended today, the Patriots would have the th number three overall pick, the Jets would get the number eight overall pick. But for the Patriots, they could go all the way up to number two, and the Jets, they could go all the way up to number six. When it comes to sucking and losing, the Jets take the cake, man. They really do. So that's what's going to happen. The Patriots win, the Jets lose, and Bill Belichick gets to have one final laugh as the Patriots head coach. Now the next game here on the slate is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking a trip slightly north to the Carolinas to play the worst team in football. I said it before, a couple of minutes ago. The Buccaneers are winning this game. Baker Mayfield, he may have had one off game last week because the Buccaneers played the Saints last week. They could have wrapped this whole thing up and made it a lot less interesting, but they fell. They only put up 13 points against that Saints defense. Now, things are different. They have an easy test. It's like when you walk in in the morning and you find out that your test, well, it's an easy multiple choice. Yes. I think that the Buccaneers are going to take advantage of the situation in playing this poor team, get the win, earn their number four seed, make the playoffs, case closed. After that, we're going to take a trip to Ohio to watch the Battle of Ohio, both Ohio teams take an action. The Browns and the Bengals, honestly, might be a boring game because both teams are locked into what they are. Bengals, they're eliminated. Can't change it. The Browns, they're the number five seed. Can't go up, can't go down. As a result of that, the Browns have decided to rest Joe Flacco. Gotta talk about what a job he did. I mean, he has been playing this game for about 20 years, I want to say, and he had his most passing yards and a half against a very good Jets defense. So, hats off to Joe Flacco, and he's doing great things for this team. Getting some well-deserved rest, heading into Week 18. As for the Bengals, that loss to the Chiefs ended their season. Jake Browning put up a valiant couple of wins, but there's nothing more he can do now. He will still be starting Jake Browning, as far as I know. The one number, or record, rather, here that I want to look at is the Bengals are 0-5 in the division, 
I don't think that that looks too good for Zach Taylor and everybody. I think that him and the team will be motivated to change this. In a game that means nothing to the Browns, I, I think that the Bengals will take a moral and true victory here to end the season over 500, to end the season with a win in the division. I think that they're playing for pride, and it means something to these players, of course. So I'm going to take the Bengals. Now we're shifting to a big stakes playoff match. Game, I should say. We're not in England. Big playoff implications game. And this is the first one of the 425 hour on Sunday. We got a whole bunch of them. And this is, of course, the Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Let's dive in. The first meeting of the season was all the way back in week one. So we have the polar opposites. The week one meeting and the week 18 meeting. Week one meeting, that went to the Green Bay Packers. But the thing about this one is the Bears are hot. The Bears are 5-2. and two. They are eliminated from a playoff spot because they only got seven wins on the season, seven and nine. But they're hot. I don't care if you're eliminated, if you're in. When you're hot, you're hot. As for Green Bay, yeah. They got a dominant victory against the team in the Minnesota Vikings that was fighting for something, but they're bangs up. A injured Jordan Addison played that game. There was no TJ Hawkinson. They were starting a guy who had never played a full game. So it's kind of an asterisk next to that blowout win, considering the opponent and their circumstances. They also had opportunities, the Packers did, to win against other low-ranked teams in the month of December. Buccaneers and the Giants, two teams that both have worse records than them, they failed to beat. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to come back to haunt them. Because I have the Chicago Bears winning this football game and effectively, in all likelihood, eliminating the Green Bay Packers. Now, like I said, Justin Fields and this team is hot, so much so that for the first time, to my to my ears at least, Justin Fields was getting chants at his own home stadium of Soldier Field. They were chanting, we want Fields, we want Fields, to let the ownership know, yeah, we have the number one draft pick from that trade with the Panthers. Don't use it on a quarterback. Get Marvin Harrison Jr. Get us weapons. Get us an O-line, because we have faith in Justin Fields. And I think that they're going to have even more faith after he goes into Green Bay and eliminates their arch rivals. Same, same thing happened to Rodgers last year when he was in Green Bay. The Packers, last year they were 8-8. Eight and eight. This year they're 8-8. Eight and eight. Last year they needed to win, and they were a play in the playoffs, but they failed to do so against the Lions. Very similar situation here. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. They have a chance where they win, and they're in. But I think that they're going to come up short. Young team. I don't feel like they're a playoff material yet. The Bears are going to get this one. Next one up here is the Cowboys at the Commanders. Very straightforward. I'm taking the Commanders. And you know what? They're not going to need any help from the refs this week because the Commanders suck. Seven-game losing streak. The thing that killed their season and started this downfall, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, two best pass rushers dealt out to other teams. One of the worst moves in football this year, if you ask me. And another thing that you got to take into consideration when looking at this football game, the Commanders are fighting for something. It's not the playoffs, but it is draft position. Because, like I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this actually, there's three teams that are fighting 
for uh, for the number two pick. It could go to the Commanders. It could go to the Patriots. Could go to the Cardinals. Entering the day, since the Commanders have beaten both the Patriots and the Cardinals, they're down at number four. But the Cardinals are hot. The Patriots are playing the the New York Jets, who they love to beat. So there's a chance for this team to move up and get a big asset. And this is one of those situations where losing is the best thing to do. Cowboys want to win to lock up the division. It's a pretty, you know, symbiotic relationship in this game. I'll scratch your back and you'll scratch mine. The Cowboys will win, which will effectively help both teams. That's how it's going to go. Next up here is going to be the Broncos at the Raiders. One of the few games this week that doesn't have much playoff implications. I think I mentioned that just because of some outward tiebreakers, who wins this game could impact teams like the Steelers and those teams fighting for um, wildcard spots. But in terms of these two teams individually, this game means nothing to them. Neither of them are fighting for extremely high picks. Neither of them are fighting for the playoffs. They're kind of in limbo. But if I want to pick a team to win this game, it's going to be the Raiders, but for some more abstract reasons. Number one is going to be Antonio Pierce. The guy has done a great job starting this team, making this team fun to watch again. They've had big wins against the Chiefs. They kept it close against the Dolphins. When it mattered against the Jets when we were still fighting, they beat us. I remember that game very vividly. So he's, you know, got some resume victories here. I think that he needs as many as he can get, make this team look as improved as possible to get the full-time head coaching job. As for the Broncos and Sean Payton, he screwed their season. And honestly, he's the reason that the Patriots beat them in that game. Could have played for overtime where who knows what's going to happen, but instead he starts using his timeouts too early. He gifts the Patriots extra seconds to get off a game-winning field goal, and Chad Ryland does his job, and they beat him 26-23 to on Christmas Eve to effectively end the Broncos' season. Then they spiral out of control. They bench Russell Wilson, and it's just turned into a whole fire here for the Broncos. Just a mess. And I don't think that they're going to be very motivated to win. They had all the life and hope in them, deflated like a uh, hot air balloon. I think that the Raiders are going to come out on top. They have more to play for, specifically the head coach has more to play for. Now it's going to be the Eagles at the Giants, the next game that we get to dissect. I'm taking the Eagles, and I think that we can effectively deduce that the Giants are in full tank mode. Last week against the LA Rams, I actually watched a good portion of this game. They looked good. Tyrod Taylor looked good. He's making a good case for him as a future backup quarterback. Um, as for the results of the game, the Giants had so many chances to win it. They had red zones, uh, red zone drives where they stalled and settled for a field goal. They had a missed extra point from Mason Crosby. They had a missed game-winning field goal from Mason Crosby. They had a missed go-ahead two-point conversion that was dropped by Saquon Barkley inexplicably. They want to lose. They want a better draft pick. They either want to get Daniel Jones slash Tommy DeVito because there's still a case for the Italian over there, in my opinion. They want to get them a weapon like Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe they want to get some O-line so they're not getting sacked 12 times a game like they were against Seattle. They want a draft pick. The Eagles... Got flat out embarrassed by the Cardinals. We already talked about that in our top three games from last week. And they're going to want to win this one. 
If it's something about them, they love beating the poor Giants. Commanders, too. They love beating those two bottom-of-the-barrel teams in their division. Will it be enough to get them the NFC East crown? Probably no, is the answer. It would take them winning and the Cowboys somehow losing to a, to a commander's team that wants to lose themselves. So it's probably not going to go the Eagles' way. They're probably going to win, but it's probably only going to land them at the number 5 seed. So yeah, it should be pretty straightforward. Giants will get swept again by the Eagles. Big surprise. And yeah, should be straightforward. Now we're going to move along here to a very interesting game. The Seahawks at the Cardinals. Just as their logo is all red, that is exactly what the Cardinals is if I had to pick a color to describe that team. Red hot. Offensively, that is. They just put up 29 points in the second half against a team fighting for a division title in the Philadelphia Eagles. Probably one of the upsets of the year. As for the Seahawks, last week they went out and played the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had a chance to give themselves a monumental boost towards a playoff spot, and they failed. The good news is they still have a decent chance. All they need to do is win this game, which does seem pretty doable against the league's last place defense, and all the uh, the Packers have to do is lose, which I actually have happening. So, according to me, good news for you Seahawks fans, you're going to the playoffs as the number seven seed. And I just want to give up some brief statistics here about the Cardinals defense. Second to last in completion percentage allowed. They've allowed the most passing touchdowns, the most rushing yards, and their bottom five in rushing touchdowns allowed. The offense is becoming a bright spot down there in Glendale, Arizona, but the defense needs some work. I think the Cardinals, similar to other teams that we're seeing here, like the Giants and Commanders, they're fighting for a top pick. Right now, they're in number three, I believe? No, number two. They hold the number two overall pick right now. So... They got a chance to lose. It's another one of those losing is the best option here for the team to move forward, to get a better pick. I think the Seahawks wind up on top. Next up is going to be the Rams taking a trip not very far at all to San Francisco to play the 49ers. This is a more boring one. We're having the battle of the backups. It's Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz. First of all, Sam Darnold, it's going to be kind of weird to watch him play football again. We saw him enter a couple games this year, most notably the one on Christmas against the 49ers to relieve an injured Brock Purdy. Haven't seen Carson Wentz play football in a good amount of time, so it'll be interesting to see what goes on here. I am going to pick the 49ers here to win for a couple reasons. First off, they're the better team. You know that Kyle Shanahan's a smart coach, got a good IQ, good set ahead, good set of Shoulder, a good, oh my goodness, a good head on those shoulders. And he's going to want to play some starters for at least a little bit in this one to avoid rust. That's the main goal here. You don't want your team to get rusty because they are going to have that first round bye as the number one seed. As for the Rams, I actually think that it's in their best interest to lose this game. Let me tell you why. If they lose this game, they're still guaranteed a playoff spot. They've already clinched. But if they lose, they have the potential to fall down to the number 7 seed. And if that happens, 
they would probably be going out against teams like either the Cowboys or the Eagles, as opposed to the Lions. And honestly, if you ask me right now, would I rather go up against the Lions, who are nothing but more motivated after that loss at the hands of the referees, or do I want to go up against a team like the Eagles, or more probably the Cowboys, who are kind of trending downward, losing games towards the end of the season? I'd want to play the Cowboys or the Eagles, even if it means that I'm a lower seed. So we'll see how this one plays out, but I have a feeling that the Niners are going to come out victorious. So give me them to win. Now I'm going to talk about an AFC West battle going on in California. It's the Chiefs taking a trip out west to a couple time zones to the left, a couple hours back of their normal standard time there in Kansas, or in Missouri rather. I have the Chiefs winning this one nonetheless. Another game... Or not a lot, not a whole lot is at stake. I mean, the Chiefs locked up the AFC West last week with a win. Chargers have been eliminated for quite some time now. The Chiefs are making the smart decision to start Blaine Gabbert, the backup, rest Patty Mahomes in that arm. I do believe that Kelsey will play, but very minimally. So, I'm sorry, Taylor Swift, but your man is not going to be getting much action this Sunday. <laughs> um, and yeah, the Chiefs. I think you're going to win. Again, it's one of those cases that I brought up with the Niners and the Rams. You know, the the Chiefs have the better team on paper here. Their starters, other than the quarterback, are going to get at least limited reps. And the Chargers do not have much to play for. Fighting for a draft pick, if anything. And it should be a pretty simple game. I don't expect to see an earth-shattering result here. Give me the Chiefs. Now... The NFL, the last several years, has done this schedule realignment thing where they wait for Week 18 to decide which games go where, you know, to gain viewership. And I tell you, the last two games that we've had on Sunday Night Football to close out a season to not disappoint, there was the overtime game a couple years ago between the Chargers and Raiders that saw the Raiders make the playoffs, the Chargers eliminated. Last year, we saw the Lions stun Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and end the Rodgers era in Green Bay and keep them from going to the playoffs. Now... We have a similar situation. It's the Bills at the Dolphins. The difference about this one is the winner will go as the number two seed in the AFC. And it's kind of shocking for the Bills because they could go as high as the number two seed out of the seven teams that make the playoffs. But then if they lose, they could also be eliminated. So a lot of crazy probabilities that we're going to get into. First, winter time. Who's going to win this game if you ask me? The sports kid is picking the Buffalo Bills. They are hot at the right time. People doubted them week after week. Then they got resume wins. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Chiefs. And I think most importantly and relevant to this game, when the Dolphins were 3-0, the first team to beat them, none other than the Buffalo Bills. They have the edge head-to-head. And I think they're going to complete the two-game sweep and effectively bump the Dolphins down to a six-seed. If the Dolphins lose... Period. They're the number 60. They can't go anywhere else. So that's going to be locked in. And if the Bills win, of course, they will be the number 2 seed. But let's pretend I'm wrong. I don't... I get the majority of my games right. I don't like to be wrong. But let's acknowledge that I have some margin for error. If the Bills do lose, they would still make a wildcard spot if one of the following happens. Only one. They need either the Jaguars to lose, the Steelers to lose, or the Colts and Texans to tie each other. Obviously, the easier ones there is a Steelers loss to the Ravens or a Jaguars loss to the Titans would be the two 
more understandable results. One of those two happen, doesn't matter what the Bills do, they're guaranteed at least a wildcard spot. Now let's say that the Bills lose and all hell breaks loose, because they would be out with all of the above going wrong, like I just mentioned. If the Bills lose and the Jaguars win and the Steelers win, then they're done. And their season is over despite having reached the 10 win mark. And that would be just absolutely crushing for the Buffalo. But I don't think it's going to come to that. I think that Sean McDermott and these Buffalo Bills are riding high going into the playoffs. And yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun this game, this week, a lot of madness. If your team is fighting for your playoff spot or fighting for anything, or maybe even a draft pick like my Jets are, I wish the best of luck to you. I want to close out my final weekly predictions podcast with my full playoff prediction seedings here. For the AFC, I have the number one seeded Ravens. They're already locked in, getting the bye. I have the number two Bills. Of course, I have them beating the Dolphins to earn that number two seed. I think they're going to host the number seven seed Texans. I have the Chiefs becoming the number three seed. That's already locked in, of course. I think they're going to host the Dolphins. That will be demoted to the sixth seed after the Bills beat them. And then the Browns are locked in at number five. It's only a matter of who are the Browns going to travel to. Is it going to be the Jaguars, the Colts, the Texans? It's going to be the Jaguars in my book. I think that it'll be Joe Flacco versus Trevor Lawrence. The oldie versus the newbie should be pretty interesting of a four versus five matchup. Now in the NFC side of things, the Niners already have the number one seed locked up. Number two is still up for grabs, but I have the Dallas Cowboys beating the Commanders, which is all they need to do to gain that number two seed. They're going to be hosting the number seven Seattle Seahawks in my book, not Green Bay. That's a little bit of a surprise to some. Then the Lions, in all likelihood, will remain the number three seed. That's what I have. They're going to host the number six seeded Rams in the playoffs. And then, of course, the Eagles. It would take a lot to go their way to be anywhere but the five seed. I think that they'll be traveling to Tampa Bay to for this playoff match. It's actually going to be really interesting because Jalen Hurts' first playoff meeting ever was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He lost that one to Tom Brady. This one would be really interesting if he could uh, get revenge against Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers on the road. And yeah, that is my whole playoff seating. Could take a look at it, agree with it, disagree with it, whatever. It's just going to be so cool to see how this unfolds. And it was a pretty long podcast today, so if you've listened this long, I really do appreciate you. I appreciate all my viewers, and I thank you very much for listening. I have been Jeffrey DeLappy. This has been the Sports Kid Podcast, and I will catch you next time when the playoffs are officially set.